Welcome to the All People's Church podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. All right. I'm going to get ready for the word of the Lord this morning. Everybody say reset. Turn to somebody and say reset. I want to remind us of, of December 31st. We're going to read some scriptures about be fruitful and multiply. Remember the, the word be fruitful means to open the head. To open the head of what? The wheat, the grain. How, how they would put the wheat and the grain on, on this smooth floor and they would bring oxen and the oxen would, would crush the husk. And to open the head was to reveal the fruit literally that was inside. And you know the difference between the the wheat and the tares is what? The tares have no fruit. That's the only difference. And so here the Lord says in Genesis 28, be fruitful and multiply. And the word multiply means to increase abundantly. Not to add, but to multiply, to increase abundantly. And and so this morning I thought, thought, you know, our God is a practical God. And what I want to share with you is some some thoughts and some ideas of how do I become fruitful? How do I become, you know, how do I multiply? And, and, and pastor, how do I have fruit that remains? In other words, how is some of my uh, lifestyle choices, how can they be transformational instead of just, you know, for a period of time? How many, how many would be honest? You don't have to show me your, your hands this morning, but how many would be honest and say, you know, pastor, I'm just, I'm just disgusted with myself that it's one step forward and two steps back. And, you know, I try to make a change and then all of a sudden I, I revert back and something pulls me back and, and I feel like I'm stuck. And for years I, I find myself in a, in a new place and now it's a new year. And so, you know, every year, I think, oh, this will be the year. And I, I already put on social media that, by the way, if you've already said to yourself, this is my year, you're in big trouble. You've already set yourself up. Because the truth is that failure is paved with good intentions. What am I talking about? People create these goals and, and even these targets, which I believe are okay. But you know what? You know what they're normally lacking? They're normally lacking systems. It's systems that we are lacking that provide us with discipline that help us to achieve what we believe that God wants us to do. And and that's the question that I would ask of you today. When you look at 2023, not only the things that you want to change, because I've, I've called this morning's message, something has to change. But let me ask you the question, what, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about? Whether it's naturally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. What what is it in your life that that God would want you to have transformational change where he wants you to be fruitful and multiply and that your fruit would remain? That a week from now, you're not frustrated. That two weeks from now, you're not saying to yourself, well, here I am again and nothing nothing is going to change. And so in this practicality, I want to share some wisdom with you this morning on how we can have fruit that remains, that that instead of just making these resolutions and quote unquote, these good intentions, that we will actually put things in place so that we will gain traction and momentum. How many are okay with that? None of you. How many? Are we okay with that? Are we okay with that? Are we okay to to share some thoughts and ideas that are biblically based that will give us the strength and 
and really give us the victory. We, by, by the way, we, we, we love, you know, we love to do this. We love to, we love to shout and worship at, you know, God has given me the victory and we make these great, these great boastful things and we say things, but, but then we have no action behind it. And every week we're just shouting about victory, but in reality, we're living in defeat. How many tired of living in defeat? Huh? How many are tired of the devil eating your lunch and punching you around and, and, and bullying you? And how many are tired of, of some of the things in your life that maybe you've battled forever? And you're finally saying, you know what? I've, I've got to wrestle these alligators. And so, and so may, the Lord, may the Lord allow you to turn these alligators into alligator shoes today. Amen? Or, a, or an alligator belt or purse or whatever it is. But, and you're going to look at that person, that belt, and say, yeah, you once bit me, but today I wear you like a fashion statement. Come on, somebody. Huh? <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I love about David. You know, David cut off Goliath's head. But the Bible says he took his head home like a trophy. Yeah? Like this, this is the fat head. That's exactly what it means. This is the fat head that, that threatened Israel, that threatened the nation, that cursed me. He said, I, I'm going to carry it around like a, like a trophy because God has given me the victory. Everybody say reset. All right, I want you to stand with me. We're going to read the word. I've got five things I want to share with you. We bless you online. We thank you for for joining us today. Turn to somebody and say, something has to change. Now turn to the person you don't like and say, something better change. Turn to that person. <laughs> John, you ain't turned to anybody, John. It, John's like, I love everybody, Pastor. I love everybody. Come on, say to somebody, something better change. <laughs> See, John... So my, my friend, John, wave at me. Put him on camera. Somebody put John on camera. He's just, he just he's such an encouragement to me. And, and you know, he's, he's smart, though. He just got married. Put him on camera. Put him on camera there. And I want the whole world to see. Come on, John, wave, wave. See, John just got married recently, and he's like, Pastor, I ain't moving. I'm not moving a muscle here because I'm going to trouble later on. All right. Um, let's go to the Word of God. Let's go to, let's go to Genesis, first of all. Um, I want you to notice that in Genesis 26, he talks about letting, you know, let us make man in our own image according to our own likeness, which means that we are made like God. We are like God. But then in verse 28, then it says, then God blessed them, Adam and Eve. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. And I talked about all these things. And so please go watch it on YouTube. But then he said this, have dominion. That word dominion is to take charge. Take charge over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And I want you to notice in Psalm chapter 8, which is repeated in the book of Hebrews, but in, in uh, Psalm chapter 8, verse 4, the psalmist says this, what is man that you are mindful of him? Man, mankind, women and men. And the son of man that you visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him and her with glory and honor. I want you to know that today. If you are having a bad day, you are crowned with glory and honor. The Bible tells you that. He says, you have made him and her to have dominion over the works of your hands. There's that word. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Come on, somebody. How excellent is your name in all the earth. Somebody ought to give God praise right now. I want to take you to one other verse. I want to take you to one other verse. 
in the New Testament, 1 Timothy 4. I don't know if the team has this because I didn't give it to them, but 1 Timothy 4 and verse 11. Listen to what Paul said to Timothy. I want you to catch this. He says, these things command and teach. Have a command over these things. He says, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in our conversation, in conduct. That's what we're going to talk about today, the way we behave. In love, in spirit, which is our enthusiasm, our passion, in faith, in purity. And then he says this, meditate on these things and give yourself entirely to them so that your progress may be evident to all. In other words, there's going to be fruit to the things that you're living. There, there's going to be fruit to the actions. There's, there's going to be fruit to the systems. There, there's going to be evidence that you are headed in the right direction in God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the word of the Lord today. We thank you for victory. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We ask you to bless your people. We ask you to bless them and multiply them and cause them to be fruitful in all things. We thank you for your grace that's with us. We love you, Lord. We love you. You're awesome. And all God's people said, amen. Before you're seated, turn to somebody and say, reset. Come on, say, reset. One of the things that I want to share with you in 2023, I want you to understand this principle. I believe the Lord is saying to us, lead with your eyes. Lead with your eyes. This is why we, we talk so much about vision. We talk much, so, so much about focus because the reality is that your feet go in the very direction that your eyes are looking. That wherever you have focus, that wherever your attention is, that's why they, you know, that's why they, you ever, you ever watch people, they're texting on their phone, they don't look where they're going and they hit something and they smack something and, and as bad as it is to laugh, you almost want to say, well, you know what, what were you thinking, right? Because really what we're saying to people is pay attention. When, when we're talking about 2023, we're saying this question, where is it that you want to go? What is it that you want to accomplish and where are you looking? Where are you looking? Because the direction that you are looking is ultimately where you're going to end up. I've told you this before, that by quantity, the miracle, the healing that Jesus did the most was he opened the eyes of the blind. It is the greatest sensory uh, that, that we have. It's probably the most important sensory that we have because it is very difficult to live without vision and without eyesight. And so I really want to encourage you with the help of the Holy Spirit to examine where is it that you are looking? Where, where is your vision? Where are you headed? And where are you going? So here are, here are the five things. Here are the five things. And by the way, when I'm talking about these five things, you may employ all of them. You might take one. You might, you might say, aha, that's the one for me. Because that's what I believe the Lord is speaking to me. And so it's probably going to be very difficult for you to put all five in place. But, but maybe one, maybe two, maybe three. Before I bring you to the first one, I do want to lay this foundation uh, regarding the tension between this idea of taking charge and grace. We just read that the Lord said to us that we are to have dominion. That word literally means take charge. You know, I, I, I believe that we ask God to do things that he has already told us to do for ourselves. 
Can I just say that that is a waste of a prayer? If God has already asked you to do something, then just do it. Don't ask him to do it for you. Because the truth is there are things that God has put in our hands that we are responsible for, that we will accomplish. That's why the Bible calls us stewards. We are, we are managers of the things, our gifts, our abilities, our talents, our resources, our energy, time, which I believe is the greatest gift that God gives us. And by the way, whether you're rich, you're poor, you're tall, you're black, you're white, whatever you may be, everybody on the earth, as long as you live the entire day, gets 24 hours in that day. Everybody. And now how we use that time is very, very different. But God gives us time. And so he says to us, take charge. Uh, Pastor Moses shared with us the, the parable of the talents and how one of the servants was called a lazy and wicked servant because he buried his money. He, he buried his talent. But really what the master was saying to him was take charge with the money that I have given you and multiply it. Now watch what he didn't say. Hey, just allow grace to work. Something good's going to happen. Because the reality is that a lot of people use grace as an excuse. So my friends, I want us to understand that biblically, the idea that I take charge over something does not mean that I'm not allowing grace to operate in my life. As a matter of fact, I believe we have to take responsibility while depending on the grace of God to do its part in our lives, to help us out and to empower us to accomplish what God has already called us to accomplish. So the fact that you're taking charge does not mean you're not operating in grace. Amen. I operate in grace when literally I cannot do things for myself and I, and I need the Lord to empower me. Um, Pastor Moses had given me a quote. I, I loved it. We, we put it on one of our programs and he had quoted it. Uh, Dallas Willard said this, grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Let me say that again. Grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. In other words, just because you take charge doesn't mean that God's going to love you more. He's not, you're not going to get more love from the Father because of that. But what it doesn't say is don't work just because you're relying on grace. This is why James said we work because of faith, be, because we are grace, because God anoints those that are excellent. God still requires us to have effort. Turn to somebody and say work hard. Work hard. Yeah, you know, you know the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people? They work hard. They work hard. They, they are diligent. They, they work late. It's, it's, not, it's not an evil thing to work hard. You know, somebody once said nobody ever died from working hard. Working hard is a good thing. And by the way, it is something that I believe is lost in this current generation. And we need to instill it back into them. That, that work is, is important. That work is actually biblical. God expects you to work. Got quiet in the house. God expects you to work. Huh? God expects you to work. And, and someone says, well, it's the curse. The curse of the fall. No, no, no. Adam and Eve worked before the fall. They worked out of the rest of God. This is why I'm praying for peace. That everything you do in 2023, you will work out of peace so that you will be energized by the Spirit of God. And can I say it to you this way? And I do love what Pastor Moses said, that, that if we will focus more on what God leads us to do, then we'll have more rest. Does that make sense? All right, five things. Here's the first thing. 
practical things. Remember, we're talking about being fruitful. We're talking about multiply. We're talking about fruit that remains, a lifestyle change instead of these good intentions. Number one, number one, catch it, catch it. Burn the boat that brought you here. Burn the boat that brought you here. Pastor, what are you talking about? You know, if we look at history, when the uh, explorers would come to America in different parts, one of the things that the captain would do when they arrived in the, in the new land, you know what they would do? They'd burn the boat. Because there were no planes, no trains, no automobiles. In other words, here's what the captain was saying. You're not going back home. This is your home now. This is, this is the new place. You're going to live a life here. You are, you are going to build here. This is the, the new land. This is the new world. There, there is no going back. There's no exit. There's no way out of here unless, I guess, if they built another boat. But who was going to be the captain of that boat and who was going to navigate it? The, the reality is this. There is a reason you are where you are in life. A boat brought you here. A boat. What do I mean, Pastor? What do you mean a boat? Learn behavior. Uh, things that you have inherited. Things that you have learned to do. Things that you do automatically that you don't even think about. Because you learned it in your home. You learned it from your, your family. You picked it up from somewhere. You, you have learned behaviors. And this is why, you know, I say that the, the road, you know, the road to failure is paved with good intentions. is because people have great intentions, but, but they're not burning the boat. They're not burning the behaviors that brought them here in the first place. We call this root issues. What is the root of why you're here? Why, why are you here maybe again? I can't tell you how many times people say to me, Pastor, my life is like a, a pattern. It's like a circle. Every, every few months or every few years, I find myself here. I find myself here. Do you know why? You're not identifying the root issues. You're not burning the boat. If you're going to make transformational change, if, if you're going to change something and have fruit and multiply, you're going to have to burn the boat that brought you to the place that you despise. And it's not easy. You need to identify it. You need to burn it. You need to destroy it. Can I just say it this way? You need to change the culture of your own heart. Let me give you an example. When I worked at Shoppers Drug Mart, we would, we would take these stores that were run down and tired, and they, you know, they, looked, they looked bad, they looked worn, and we would pour millions of dollars and renovate them and make them, and make them look good and make them look amazing. And, and you know we found out within 90 days, all the millions of dollars that we had poured into that store that looked absolutely perfect. Do you know what happened in 90 days? It looked as bad as it did before. You know why? Because we changed the outward appearance, but we didn't change the culture of the people that were running the store. That in the store, there was a philosophy. We're slobs. We're pigs. We don't, we don't care. We don't take care of things. And, and so you know what we found out we had to do? Not only did we have to change the, uh, the, the look and the cosmetics of the place, we actually many times had to change the management team. We had to change the culture. And so many times, my friends, what I'm talking about burning the boat is, is, is watch this. We will change things cosmetically, but we don't change what, what brought us here in the first place. We don't change the culture. And so, you know, everybody say buckle up. So, for example, you know, weight loss is an easy thing to talk about. So, here's what we do. Here's what we do. Rather than burning the boat, we just buy bigger clothes. Hmm? Because we want to feel good about ourselves. And so, when we buy bigger clothes, we go, oh, this is, I like this. This is new. This is it. And so then, in a few months, you got to buy bigger clothes. Hmm? Now, it's a great way to get a new wardrobe. I get it. But, 
But what, what God and the Holy Spirit are always, are always looking at is they're saying, what is the root of the issue? Why is this boat constantly bringing you here? Because if you're only traveling in circles, if you're only traveling in circles, then you're not progressing. You're not, you're not, more, you know, you're not creating momentum. And so it, it brings me to my second point. Here's, here's my second point. Employ the Daniel principle. Employ, who's Daniel? Daniel was a young man that was taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar. He was brought to Babylon. He was a brilliant young Jewish man. He was in the, the top 10%, the top echelon of, of the people of Israel. And so this young man, Daniel, knowing that he was going into a Babylonian system, the Bible says that he made a determination in his heart. Here's what the Bible says. And Daniel determined in his heart that he would not defile himself with the delicacies of the king. In other words, watch this. Daniel had the privilege now because he was brought right into the palace. Unfortunately, the palace was a pagan place. It was a, a place that was anti-God in every perspective, including dietary laws. And here's what Daniel understood. Daniel understood that if I wait till I get there, I'm actually going to compromise. I'm actually going to do something wrong. And so the Bible tells us that Daniel determined, predetermined in his heart before he ever got there, this is who I am. This is who I will be. These are my standards. This is the God that I worship. I'm not bowing down to anything and anyone, even if it costs me my life. See, the challenge we have as God's people is we wait till we get to the bridge to decide if we're going to cross it or not. And then what happens is there's a lot of people on the bridge going, cross, cross, come on, come on. You won't die. Nothing's going to be wrong. And, and, and we follow the mob mentality. We follow the popular. We follow what's, what's going on around us because we did not predetermine in our own heart that this, these are the lines I will not cross. I was having this conversation with, uh, with someone, a, not, not even a new believer. And, you know, she really wanted to be married. She wanted to be in a relationship and whatever. And we began to talk about sexuality and whatever. She made a statement that stunned me, like stunned me. She said, well, you know, Pastor... She said to me, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that if I got into a relationship with someone uh, that I wouldn't sleep with that individual, whether I'm married or not. I was, I was, I was like, wow. What, what are they telling you? I'm going to cross. The, and they said, I'm going to cross the bridge when I get there. I'm like, you've already crossed the bridge. Because here's what you've said to me. If the circumstances are right, I'm crossing the bridge. Where Daniel said, I don't care what the circumstances are. I don't care what the pressure is. I don't care what's against me. I am simply not going to compromise. I'm not going to be undermined. I am going to determine. Now watch what it says. He, he determined not in his mind, but in his heart. You got to catch this church. Write it down. If you have to write it down, get a hold of your emotions. Get a hold. We live in an emotional world. I I, you know, I get accused of this all the time that I, that I'm not feeling, I'm not, you know, I'm not compassionate. Although watch this, a lot of people that criticize you that you're not compassionate, what they're really looking for is pity. And you're not going to do anybody any good by pitying them. Oh, woe is you. And you know, and, and oh, you poor thing. Listen, listen, see, compassion helps people. Compassion is biblical. Pity is of the devil. And so we, we live in this, everything's a feeling, everything's a feeling. Now, now, church, listen, now we have children, talk about mental health issues. Now we have children that are going to school and they are identifying as animals. Huh? I'm a dog, I'm a cat. And, no, and of course, 
because the insane run the asylum, and I'm going to say that online, we have allowed the insane to run the asylum. And then, well, you can't tell a child they're not a cat. Who do you, who do you think that you are? You can't, you know, let, let me tell you who I am. I'm in my right mind. I have a God that tells me the difference between what, what's right and what's wrong and, and what's good and what evil. But, but see, we have allowed all this emotion, all this feeling. You know, I, I rule the world. My feelings rule the world. And, and your feelings are powerful, by the way. They yell at you. They scream at you. They make demands of you. But, but as believers, we're not called to be emotionally led. We're, we're called to be spirit led. Huh? Come on, somebody. I've said this to you many times, but how many know that when you're having a bad day, you're not going to the fridge for broccoli? Huh? You're, not, you're like, oh my God, where's that asparagus? I just need some asparagus. That asparagus is going to set me straight. Huh? No, no. No, no, nobody ever went for kale. Nobody went for kale. No. Let's be honest. You're looking for ice cream and a tub of it. There's something about just eating it right out of the tub. Huh? Because sugar is a drug. And watch this. Sugar feeds your emotions. Or, or that's not bad. After you had the tub of ice cream, then you're like, you know what I need? I need a new pair of shoes. And, and so then you, you, you go to the mall. You know how many emotional shoppers are at the mall? Huh? Come on. Some of us have more shoes than Africa. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but it feeds the soul. But it doesn't deal with the root issue. You know why? Because our emotions are out of control. And the Spirit of the Lord is saying, get a hold of your emotions. Take, take charge of your emotions. This is called self-talk. You, you need to talk to yourself. When, when the people were speaking of stoning David and they were blaming David uh, for, for everything. You know what the Bible says? He got a hold of the ephod, which is the thing that communicates with God. But then the Bible says this, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. There are times that people aren't going to be around you and circumstances aren't going to be around you. And, and my friends, it's you and God, and you are going to have to learn the skill of how to strengthen yourself in the Lord. How to pick yourself up hmm? by the scruff of the collar and say to yourself, self, enough, 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 enough pity, enough of this emotional stuff, enough of this crying over yourself and crying over everything that's happened at some point. You got to pick yourself up. You got to be strong and you got to be moving forward because God has said he's given you dominion. He has given you a grace. And I believe with all my heart, church, that in every season there is a grace for what we're going through. Well, pastor, I don't feel strong enough. Then there is a grace. Rely on the grace of God. Come on, somebody. I know all the emotional people are like, we're going to shoot you in the parking lot. I get it. I get it. Because emotions are, are hard. Emotions are tough. But, but I'm telling you, if you cannot overcome your emotions, you will not have dominion. Stop. Stop making excuses. Somebody asked me. I think she's sitting over here somewhere. Someone asked me if I, if I, if I knew about the five-second rule. And I said, apparently there's someone out there teaching that. Uh, like, for example, she said to me, she said to me, Pastor, have you ever had days where everything is going so wrong and you just... You don't, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to get out of bed because there's so many issues and problems. And I said only Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and sometimes Saturday. But you know what I said to that person? I said, I get out of bed because I just want to shove it in the devil's face. You know what I mean? That, that no matter what he's doing, huh? 
But then she shared with me, I don't know, I got to look this up. She said to me, there's something that's being taught called the five-second rule. In other words, if you can't get out of bed, right, you count down from five to one and you get out of bed. Now, those of you that love the snooze button, huh? Oh, some of you are honest. Come on. Come on, Pastor. I've been snoozing for days. All right. All right. Now, I got to move on. I got to move on. Number three. Number three. Watch this. Track your headway by taking progress photos. Let me tell you where this came from. My physiotherapist, you know, I'm, I'm in physiotherapy, not psychotherapy, but although I'm sure some people would like to put me in that too. Um, physiotherapy, right? I'm, I'm doing physiotherapy with this, this, this young lady. And, and so we were just talking about the gym and working out and she works out and, and, and things that she said to me, she said, you know, she goes, I've never really liked the scale and weight. She goes, it really doesn't work for me. She goes, what I do is I take progress photos. I was like, really? What do you mean? She goes, well, literally, she goes, it's very uncomfortable at first. And, you know, she goes, you basically take pictures of parts of your body that you want to see transformed. And so then rather than going to the scale and, and being defeated by the scale, and I, and I know some of you are like, pastor, that scale is a devil. It's a liar. You know, I, I know you believe that, right? What she was saying to me was she was saying, she was saying, I take these photos. Now, let me be clear what I mean, because I was at the gym. It's funny, right after she said this to me, I'm at the gym and, and there's this lady, there's, there's this one corner, it's all mirrors, right? Only the beautiful and, and uh, good looking people go to that corner. And so, and she was very attractive, like, you know, all put together and, and she's, you know, taking this, taking that. And that's not what I'm talking about, all right? I'm not, I'm not talking about glamour shots and things. I'm talking about you're probably taking pictures of things you don't like, huh? How many are thankful for clothes? Because clothes hide a lot of sins, right? And so what she was saying is, yeah, it's uncomfortable, but, but here's what she was really saying. She was saying, you need to measure your progress. That's what Paul said to Timothy. Measure your progress so that it's going to be evident to all. How are you measuring your progress? If, if you and Holy Spirit are, are working on things together in your life, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, how are you measuring your progress? Because you see, when you measure progress, right, then all of a sudden, momentum begins to build in your life. You begin to get traction. When you get traction, then, then, then you're invigorated. You get passion, and you're like, all right, I'm moving in the right direction. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm heading in the right way, and, and I feel energized, and I want to I wanna do this more. And you know, in the natural, when people go to the gym, something called endorphins are released in your body, and you actually begin to feel uh, so much better about yourself. And so you create that momentum. You get that, that concept of victory. But how are you measuring? You see, people are afraid to measure because they're not sure that they're going to find fruit. But God measures all the time. Uh, do you remember when Jesus wanted some figs and he went to a tree, even though it was out of season because he wanted figs and he couldn't find figs on the tree? You know what Jesus did? He cursed that tree. Why? He measured. Why does it say that in our fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100, do you ever notice how numerical your Bible is? Do you know why? God measures. Do you know of Daniel and his, and his friends? The Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar measured them and they were 10 times better than everybody else because they were measured. Parents, I, I'm going to throw this at you. It's probably not a nice thing to say, but it's true. The truth is that 
in many ways, as parents, we are hypocritical because we want our children to change. We demand that they change. We just won't change ourselves. I'll just let that digest for a moment. Hmm? Think about it. You ask children to do things that you know you should be doing that you don't do yourself. That's what we call hypocrisy. Knowing, knowing that something works and telling other people what to do, but you don't do it yourself. I love what somebody once said. If it's not working for you, don't export it. Hmm? This is why I say to the staff, pastoral elders, whatever. If we're counseling people, if we're counseling people, we ought to be counseling people on the things that we're doing ourselves. So that we're not hypocritical. Does that make sense? Now, I'm not suggesting we're perfect. We're above everybody else. But, but let's have the integrity that if we're going to tell somebody to do something, we're doing it ourselves. Got quiet in the church. That's what I love about victory. I love about progress. I, I want you to catch this. Yesterday, my grandson came over. I, I think he's still at the house. I hope he's watching me right now. He, um, somebody had bought him a... Uh, he's still opening. For him, it's always Christmas. People are still buying a prayer. He, he, somebody bought him a little bowling set. A little bowling set with the ball. And so, you know, no new. That's grandpa in, in Italian. So I, I set it up for him, right? And I, and I give him the, the plastic balls. And he gets it. He gets the concept. He said the concept is I give him the balls. And so it's to knock down the pins. He has a game at home. He gets it. I set it up in the hallway. That's what, that's what I love about children. I'm always learning from children. And so I give him the ball. And he misses the thing entirely. Entirely. Like he wasn't even, he wasn't even close. So you know what he does? He runs up to those pins and kicks them all over. And then he looks at me and he's like. And I'm like, here's the principle. Find a way. Find a way. Find a way. Find a way. He understands, hey, the concept is the pins fall down, whatever it takes, none new. And then when he looked at me, and, he, and by the way, he's like shirtless, right? He's shirtless, and he's like, yeah, I've done that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we're like, everybody say, find a way. All right, are we doing okay? Here's number four. Here's, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Number four, number four is important. Travel with those that are on the same journey as you. Huh? Travel with those that are on the same path, that, that, are, that are going in your direction. There, there is nothing harder. There is nothing harder than, 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 than swimming upstream and, and having to hear criticism and, and toxicity and negative, negativity and, and people that are always trying to bring you back to average and trying to bring you back to the status quo and they want to take you down from excellence and, well, why are you doing this and why are you doing that and why are you trying to accomplish this and why are you wasting your time? But you see, watch this. Even the world understands the concept of community. Anybody ever hear of Peloton? Hmm? Peloton is a movement. Peloton doesn't just sell bikes and treadmills. And by the way, very expensive bikes and treadmills. Do you know why? Because they sell you an experience. They sell you a community. You're not by yourself. We, we have screens and, and, and you're going you're gonna to interact with people and you're going to communicate with people because people are, are on your path and they're all, all on your journey. And by the way, see, you can, I feel like I've advertised for them. You know, you, you can buy a treadmill or you can buy a Peloton. 
You go to the malls. You got these fabulous little, you know, these fabulous little kiosks. And, 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 and there's something, you know, they, it's, like a, it's like a gated little area in the, because they're like, hey, this is holy ground. Huh? Tesla has done that. Where's Corey? Tesla's done that. Apple has done that. See, Starbucks has done that. Someone go, yeah, yeah. See, 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 Starbucks says you're going to pay six bucks a, a coffee because we're selling you an experience. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, now you're preaching, bro. Now you're preaching. Uh, huh? you, you, you can have that Tim Orange junk for a buck something or, or you can have the, because people here, and, and by the way, watch this. Even there, have you noticed this? See, I observe things. Even the people they hire are very different. University students, educated people, because they want to attract a crowd. Because they understand the power of community. My, my friends, this concept comes from the New Testament. We are community people. This is why we gather from every nationality and background. We come together to worship God because Here's what God has said to us. Even our very faith is not meant to be done alone. Some of you may be saying, you know, Pastor, I, uh, my, goal, my, my goal is to build a better prayer life, a more powerful prayer life. Then, then my friends, get together with prayer people. Huh? Get together with people that know how to pray, that, that have been there, that, that when they open their mouth, God comes in the room. Huh? You know, no, you know what we love to do? We love to get together with non-praying people and say, hey, let's, let's try and find our way through this thing. No, why don't you take the non-praying people and go to the prayer people? Huh? Or you want to you understand the Word of God. I can't tell you the people that have come, not that I'm trying to create more work for you, Pastor Moses, but the people that have come to see Pastor Moses and literally they go through the Word of God one-on-one. -on -one. You, know, you know how hard that is to do for us as pastors. I mean, I would love to do that with all of you, but you know how hard that is to, to, spend the, to spend the time. Why do you go to a mentor? Why do you go to a counselor? And by the way, church, this is why, you know, we have people on our staff that are more than just operators or administrators. These are spiritual people that know God. This is why I allow them to leave their job, if, if you will, to go and, and pray with people, minister to people. Because you're important. And I want you to be fruitful and I want you to multiply. But, but then take the things that are, that are being taught. Take the things that are being shown to you and, and move in the direction. Remember what I said to you, lead with your eyes. Follow the people. That's, you know, some people, you know, I, I get it. Some people are really good at working out at home. I'm not one of those people. I, 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 when COVID, remember, anybody remember COVID? When COVID was here and, and they shut everything down and we couldn't shave and we couldn't do our hair. Anybody remember those days? Right? Come on, anybody remember you could only go to the liquor store and go get pot? Remember those days? I, I digress. I digress. <laughs> but, but it was like, okay, you know what? We, we, got, we got to get a shape. And so, you know, I, I bought some equipment, but I'm like, no, no, I've got to go. And I need to be in the environment. And I, I need to be around people that are on my path. And I need to be with people that know what they're doing in church. I want to tell you something. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Why don't you start to ask people questions? 
People love to talk. People love to give their knowledge. Their way. I'm at the gym. You know, I look for people that are doing it the right way and they look like they know what they're doing. And I, and I go up to them and I go, hey, I just, I just want to ask you, you know, what, what are you doing there? What muscle? And they go, oh, bro, you know. I go, oh, that's, thank you, knowledge. Looks like you know what you're, yeah. And people tell you. Because you know what? You're in the environment. Let me give you, let me give you the biblical principles. You know, in the Old Testament, King Saul, he was a bad king. He killed people. You know what the Bible says? He got amongst the prophets and he began to prophesy. And the people said, is Saul among the prophets? Saul was not among the prophets, but you know what happened? He got into an environment where the prophetic was flowing and that evil king began to prophesy. You want to be prophetic? Get with prophetic people. You want to be a winner? Get together with winners. You want to make more money? Don't go with the busted and the disgusted. Get with the millionaires. Huh? Are they on your path? Are they creating the environment? Okay, number five and I'm done. Number five, watch this. Schedule, are we doing okay? Schedule the, three of you, are we doing okay? Schedule the change in your daily routine. Give us this day our daily bread. I love what somebody said that, you know, somebody said what gets scheduled gets done. And then they said this, if you're consistent, you don't have to be motivated. See, if it's in my calendar that I need to go to the gym because it's Monday, I don't ask my emotions what they think. Oh, do you feel like going to? Oh, I don't feel like going. Don't go. You're so tired. Oh, you didn't sleep. No, no, no. It's in my daily routine. It's, it's in my calendar. I've scheduled it, and so if I've scheduled it, I am, I am going to do it because, church, listen, details matter. Little things matter. Little, little decisions matter. That's why somebody said that the devil is in the, is in the details. Can I, can I say this? Create good habits and schedule your good habits. Schedule family time. Schedule systematic renewal. Schedule the things that replenish you. Schedule the things that are important to you. One of the things I've always done poorly, I'm going to be honest, when I go on, when I go on mission trips, I mean, I just, from the moment I get there to the time I leave, literally from plane to plane, I have just worked my guts out. So I thought, that's the spiritual thing to do. Let's give it, and, and it is. But, but then I, I began to travel with some people, and they're like, oh, we're going to go on this safari. We're going to go on. And I'm like, oh, that's allowed. We're allowed to have fun. We're, even when we went to Israel, remember we went to Israel? I took two days. I, we, I think it was 12 days for us. I said, the last two days, I said, we're just going to stay at the hotel. We're going to play frisbee pool, and we're just, we're going to go to the beach. And, we're, and it was like, it was just an amazing idea. We would just like, we just detoxed. How many know that you need a vacation for your vacation? Replenishment. Good habits. It's in your daily routine. Here's the last thing I want to tell you. I actually got this from John Maxwell. Five things. He talks about things that he does daily. But these are, these are my five things that I'm going to do in 2023. Not all day, but daily. Here are my five things I want to encourage you. Whether it's three, it's two, it's five. Here's, here's the five things that I'm going to do. Number one, I'm going to ask questions. Every day. 
I'm going to ask questions. Number two, I'm going to lead. Particularly, every day I'm asking myself, did you multiply today? Did you multiply someone else? Did you multiply the gospel? Did you multiply? Number three, I'm going to be active. Whether it's, let me tell you how serious I am. Even in the snow, because I love to go for prayer walks. I, I went and bought these uh, like ski sticks. But you know what I love about it? Because I've noticed something about myself, Pastor Ranjeev, is even on the beach, there is something to do with my ministry that the raw, I pick up like, like I, you know, I, I, so I'm walking the neighborhood with a stick, praying the rod with this rod, you know? People, I can see them in their windows. There's the guy with the stick, man. What's, I'm going to get one of them things of Moses, right? And so, uh, and so I thought, you know what? Save yourself on there. So then I, I went and bought these like, yeah. And it's like, it's the modernized stick. But you see, if you're serious about what you're called to do, then you're going to find the things that help you do it. Sometimes you're going to look silly and sometimes you're not. So number one, I'm going to write. Number two, I'm going to lead, particularly multiply. I'm going to be active. Uh, number four, as I mentioned, I'm going to ask questions. And here's my last one for me. I call it heart health. Heart health to me is not so much about my physical heart, but my spiritual heart. Pastor Reggie, if you can come up. What are, what are the things, let's stand together. What are the things spiritually that you're going to do? That you're going to do? What, what are the, the, the things that you need to put in your daily schedule? And by the way, in case you think, oh yeah, he just says these things. No, listen. The entire staff has access to my schedule. So you guys need to look at that. Say, Pastor, did you write today? Did you lead today? Did you ask questions today? Now, I don't need to put, did you tell people what to do today? Because I'm really good at that. And I said, that's just a, yeah, praise. All right. So here, I'm going to pray for you. Are we doing okay? It's good to see you some people. Bless God. Raise your hands for a moment. I want to bless you. Father, I declare over your people in 2023 that they shall not be fruitless. They shall not be ruled by emotion and feeling. But Lord, they're going to take charge. And they're going to have dominion because they're made in your image. Father, I come against every enemy and every weapon that is formed against them because they will prosper and they will have victory. They will great, gain great traction by your Holy Spirit. Bless them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I declare over you, church, those watching online, be fruitful, be fruitful and multiply. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for watching. We really appreciate your time. Will you please like and subscribe so that you will get notifications? And by the way, your comments and your feedback are very important to us. Even sermon series and messages that you would like to hear about, please let us know. Drop us a line. We would love to incorporate that into our teaching and our preaching. We appreciate you and thank you.